Hello and welcome to another edition of the Best of Fives. And if you can't tell already, we're doing the best five things the Ramones ever did. No, oh, I thought it was the Green Day episode. <laughs> Close. <laughs> I'm and my list still is still relevant. We'll just go with it. <laughs> well, let's go, Matt. I'm I'm joined by Matt and I'm Dave, and uh, we're gonna count through these things. So. Before we get to the list, I want to kind of talk about some background, and I'm mostly interested in yours, because I don't really have as much as you do. Okay. As long as I've known you, mm-hmm. the Ramones have been your band. Okay. Now, I don't know how true that is anymore, but like when we used to work at the movie theater, you were the biggest Ramones fan that I knew, so much so that I know you've seen them live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a few how, times. How many times? Three times. Three times. That's it. Believe it or not, that's a lot. Is it okay? <laughs> it would have only been two times because it was two times at the same place in New Jersey. Me and the girl I was dating, and that, I guess I could tell that story. I've always enjoyed the Ramones a lot, and then I dated a girl that loved the Ramones. In fact, yeah, I think you knew her, right? Uh, uh, depends who it is. Keely. She didn't yeah. work with us, but she worked in the company we worked with. Yeah, I I re, I mean I remember her being around. I don't think I knew her, but I knew she was your girlfriend. Okay, yeah. So she loved the Ramones. So she actually that was something we had enjoyed together and I kind of liked them even more after that and that was kind of I guess like the like I said I always enjoyed them but then they probably came my like if they were my band like you said during that from her and I dating and enjoying them. In fact, that's God. That's a, every time I think about her, I feel so freaking bad. That is the word. You know, Putty, the bad breaker upper in Seinfeld. <laughs> the one that well, the, he, Putty is. You mean the other guy, the guy that they got? Oh yeah, a, yeah. He wasn't Putty, but yeah. Yeah, I I'm know. Sorry. About. Yeah, that was that was my my bad breaker upper moment. I bad I broke up with her so badly that I I still to this day it's been over twenty years. I still feel bad about it. Maybe she's listening. Yeah, I know. So that's why. Yeah, she could be if she sees the Ramones out there. She might live. Well, she's not now. Now that I've identified myself, she turned his brain off. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. Anyway, shit. I don't know. Th- thanks, thanks for this idea, Dave. He just dredges up old memories I hadn't really thought of until this moment. So he's a bad breaker up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> terrible. Actually, I made him look look sweet. Oh geez. But anyway, no. I'm sorry. Um, but anyway, you know the. Uh, yeah, through uh, while dating her, and then after after the the bad breakup, that was entirely my fault. I can admit that. Uh, I still really enjoyed the Ramones, but I had seen them twice with her in the same place in New Jersey, just over over the Philadelphia. Like you go over the bridge, and then you're right there by Trenton. Same little club. I can't remember its name. I was trying to remember. I was putting in trenton music clubs and just could not find one that rung a bell but it was it was small loud they were always loud and that would have been the only two times i saw them but then they opened for white zombie before rob zombie was a solo act and i think it was in the vet i was thinking spectrum but the more i thought about it the more i think it was an arena show where i saw white zombie and they opened for white zombie in philadelphia so i saw them one more time before they ended they retired and then started dropping like flies dropping like flies yeah they did they all went fast so so when do you think this was like early 90s yeah yeah it was it was it was definitely 
because I was in college when well, we were both in college when we had met and dated. So it was it was absolutely early nineties where like my real diving in headfirst to everything Ramones was at its height. Wow, at Veterans Stadium. Oh, that show? Yeah, that was in the yeah, that was in the uh that was definitely in the nineties. I can't tell you when. That was more closer to mid nineties. Uh it was definitely before I moved out of the country, so it couldn't have been any later than ninety five. Well, that's cool. So you get to see them in different venues. Yep. Very small and very jank. big. Yeah, I in fact preferred the small one much better. We we would get there early. We'd be within the first ten people in line, and we'd be at the front of the stage, and we'd be deaf for five days after the show. Yeah, a lot of thrashing around. Uh, yeah, Just- well, not so much because we're we're kind of smashed up. In fact, when you were telling that story about being at Planet Hollywood and getting crushed up against barricades that was pretty much what that would be the first three or four songs of the set because everyone would push to the front of the stage and we would be just having that barrier pretty much on the verge of snapping our lower ribs but then things would finally calm down (laughs) those are the best kind of shows they are yep yep (laughs) well that's cool i've been kind of just watching ramones all afternoon and and seeing some live shows here and there and Stuff at CBGB's and Nassau Coliseum and stuff like that, and so, some of those things they're outrageous. Yeah, <laughs> like like crazy. Like 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 you said, you coming home with the uh, with injuries. Yep, there was that stuff was usually going on to the sides and to the behind us. There was a big thing. Now I never saw them play when Didi Ramon was a bass player, but um, my girlfriend at the time, I told me horror stories about people would specifically get in front of Didi Ramon just to spit on him during the entire show. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> we would always be in front of Joey or Johnny. Although CJ, CJ was the bass player at the time. I liked him actually. We'll, we'll get into a little bit about that on one of the songs, but, uh, yeah, we'd usually be in front of, in front of Johnny or between Johnny or I mean, in front of Joey and, or between Joey and Johnny. Well, the two times I went, I make it sound like it was a every week occurrence. All right. All right. Well, let's get into the list. I guess I'll go first. You're the you're the uh, <laughs> okay. You're the uh, authority here, so I'm going to go first. And uh, you've already warned me that I'm not going to know most of the stuff on your list. So I'm. I'm I don't know. It's actually I don't know how big of a Ramones fan you are. So that that this will give me a better idea. I guess. Yeah. Maybe by the end you'll understand. Uh, how much of a fan I am, and I'll understand more of how deep of a fan you. Are or at least were. Okay. I'm sitting here as we do this in my CBGB's t-shirt. And I know you have one that looks exactly like I this. do. I have one. In fact, uh, that is when I wear my CBGB or my Ramon shirt now at this point in life, I usually almost always, not always, but almost always get stopped and asked if, I, if I'm wearing a Ramon shirt, did I see them live? Mm-hmm. Because that person grew up with their Ramones and saw them live and they're, they're testing me. They're making sure I'm not one of those punk kids that are wearing them and I have no idea that's even a band. Yeah, and I say yes, and then the CBGB. Are you? Have you ever been there? And I'm like, yes, but I did not see a show there. I have been there though. I get that a lot with the CBGBs, and and I had a guy curse me out on the street in New York City once. Really? I have. I had not been there before it was closed. Oh, so I wear the shirt though because I I know it's it's place in music history, right? And and I know what it means to punk music. And even you want to take it to fake punk bands like my favorite band, The Police. You know, the first place The Police played when they got off the plane, they got off the plane in New York City, they took them straight to the Bowery and they got on stage at CBGB's. Like, mm-hmm. I know what this place means. Yeah. And this guy was like, you ever been there? This is like we were, I was walking down the street in Manhattan. 
some guy, you know, like just like he looked like like he had been up for like six days. <laughs> you ever been there? And I was like, no, I never got there. Fuck you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, now that you dropped the F-bomb for the first time in this episode, I'll tell my last CBGB story. I was walking around a horror convention. I was actually there doing some Halloween Horror Nights coverage, which I can't seem to do a show without mentioning, apparently. <laughs> but I was walking through the tattoo room of all places. I was actually getting cards for artists for the Artmore Project, and the, this guy, like about five foot one and about four feet wide, with hair down to his ass and a beard down to his stomach. He goes, you ever been to CBGB's? I'm like, yeah. I go, I go, this isn't the shirt I bought. No, he goes, did you buy that at CBGB's? I go, not this one. The one I bought doesn't fit anymore, but I have been there. He's like, last time I was there, Debbie Harris up on a table dancing with her right in my face. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Nice talking to you. <laughs> See you later, Dad. Yep. <laughs> I might bleep some of that story out, but you get the gist. With the bleeps. <laughs> That's the greatest story I've heard all <laughs> Yeah, why do I mean, I guess people that loved it, they're mad that it's gone. Yeah. Yep. I understand that. But I think they feel like it's like you said, it's like people are posers and they wear shirts. When I see a freaking kid that is clearly like under 15 wearing a Ramones or a CBGB's t-shirt, I do shake my head. I don't make a big deal of it, but I'm just like, that. that is... Yeah, you're you're wearing it for not, I wouldn't say a wrong reason, but not the same reason you and I will be wearing it. Right. It means something to us. Them, it's just a, it's a fashion statement. It's it's a style. And it's yeah. stupid. It's like punk. And then I've had other people go, well, like people that don't know what it is, they go, what's that? I'm like, well, it's this place in the punk music. And it says, well, why does it say country on it? <laughs> just It's just a shirt, okay? People get mad. Have you ever seen the CBGB movie from a couple of years ago? With Alan Rickman? Yeah. Yeah. Parts of it were good. Yeah. That's, it's mm. it's a good piece of historical information, but it's not a great movie. Yeah. I mean, I like the fact that they tried to include, like they had musicians playing all those people, including the police. Wasn't, uh, I think, did was Taylor Hawking from Foo Fighters? I think he may have played Stuart Copeland. Did he, he really? Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he is like he loves Stuart Copeland. It's like his god, and uh, I may be wrong about that, but I, I, I think I'm not. I just remember it bugging me the entire movie. Who the hell was playing Joey Ramone? And I finally looked up on D- IMDb. It's like, oh, it's the freaking guy from Dodgeball. <laughs> Dodgeball. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna into my into my list, and All right, and then you'll you'll see, I guess, how. How deep I go. Okay. Not nearly as deep as you. Okay. We'll see about that. Deep is sp- never a word that has been used to describe me. No. I'm sure one day they'll say bury him deep and then it'll finally apply. <laughs> there you go. Make sure he doesn't come back. <laughs> My number five is beat on the brat. Uh, it is a, I, I'm curious. A, a particular movie jumps into my head whenever, every time I hear this song now. This isn't a movie? Yeah. What is it in? It's in Billy Madison. When he's playing dodgeball in elementary school, this song's playing when he's like nailing kids with a dodgeball. I forgot about that. <laughs> you want some of this? Yep. <laughs> oh, my dear Lord. I forgot about that. Maybe that's why I like it. <laughs> Maybe. I guess my... I mean, this will be a running theme because it's like... I, I mentioned this to, I think, my friend Jared. 
and he made a joke that like a lot of people make. It's like, oh, we're gonna do this Ramones one, and it's like, oh, you know, all two of their songs. Like, <laughs> it's like the running joke, like the Ramones or Chuck Berry or somebody. Like, the songs end up sounding similar. This one always sounded a little bit different to me. But the thing that I like most about them is that I love. I love old time rock and roll. Like I love Elvis and Chuck Berry and stuff like that. Like they were able to take the sound of fifties rock and roll and electrify it and punkify it or however you want to call that. And, and that's what I think what I enjoy most about them. They're okay. basic songs with a few chords. You want to say how talented they are. I don't care. You know, maybe they're not as talented as, you know, Coldplay or something like that. <laughs> but they they certainly captured something and made something enjoyable. So right. Beat on the Brat is my number five. Nice. That's a good one. Okay, my list, it is not purposely obscure. I hope it's not that obscure to people that know the Ramones, but it's like it's it's it doesn't have any well, it might have one, it doesn't have many songs that get airplay or are featured in movies like that one was. But but they 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 are the top five songs I like for Various different reasons. In fact, everyone might be a different reason. So my number five is was an originally a UK single released in 1985. And it wasn't released for another full year in the US on Animal Boy. And they actually kind of sort of changed the name, although the original name is in parentheses after it. It's a protest song. And I guess I should start playing it, I just realized. It is, it's a protest song about Ronald Reagan's visit to a military cemetery in Pittsburgh, Germany. Is this ringing any bells to you? I know this song well, yeah. Oh, you do? Okay, so it's Bonzo... It's also in a movie. Oh, yeah, it was in uh, School of Rock, right? School of Rock, yeah. Yep. It's Bonzo Goes to Bitburg, and the the big stink was... I don't mean to downplay it. The, the, The protest was because of the 49 SS soldiers... Or members, actually. I think there were some officers that are buried in the cemetery, and Reagan was going to lay a wreath on it. Oh. And it's just a... It, it's, one, it's a good song. Uh, one thing I really like about this song is I like the live versions I heard of it twice once. And this is kind of funny. Once was Joey Ramone sang it, and it's just was it was a good performance. Another time we had... The second time we had gone and, and seen them, he was in the midst of this song, and his mic started flaking out. And he walked off stage. I, I don't remember. I don't know if he went to get a mic or whatnot. And CJ picked it up. And I was like, wow, I think CJ actually sings this better than Joey. So I ended up liking the song more after the second live performance of it I saw. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great one. That's an honorable mention for me. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Oh, God, my honorable mention list is ridiculous. I'm going to have to trim it down when we get to that. <laughs> so how could you have made a top 20? Oh, yeah. I could have done a top five covers. Yeah, the covers are good. Yep. I tried not to put covers because it, I was trying to do like their more original kind of stuff. But yeah, their covers were good. Like later, they start doing lots of covers. Yep, it's uh, it's I will uh, give you a sneak peek here. One of mine is a cover. It's impossible not to have it, and uh, when I get to the story. Okay. Excellent. Well, my number four then, uh, assuming you're finished. Yes. Is not a song. Because this is the, uh, the 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 best five things the Ramones ever did. Oh, God, I'm glad I didn't think of that. So, my, why? Because it would take even longer? Yeah. <laughs> my number four uh, is is an appearance on 
the Channel 9 Howard Stern show. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking a different appearance popped into my head. Uh, because they kind of cultivated this relationship. They were both like New York guys and, and, and not just Joey, but the whole band. And they would appear on Stern over the years. There's one in particular that I remember because I used to watch the Howard Stern show on Channel 9 uh, religiously. Oh, yeah. 11 o'clock on Saturday nights before Saturday Night Live would come on. I was watching Howard Stern. And this one was great because they, it was so, it was, there was no production value at all. And there was a skit that they did of Joey and Johnny golfing with George Bush. Oh, God. And it's so painful to watch. It's funny. It's, it's so, it's so amazing. It's, um, they had an impersonator playing George Bush Sr. This is the then president. This came out in 1990. And it was just them golfing. And, and I don't know if you can imagine the sight. If you haven't seen it, you have to see Joey Ramone swing a golf club. I can only imagine. He is just a lanky, awkward dude. <laughs> it's so funny. And as soon as it's over, they come out and Stern launches into his you know regular kind of interview, which is basically him talking about himself. Oh, my God. It's on YouTube. It is on YouTube. Yeah, I will be watching this. <laughs> it, it's so good because the, they're, they're actually funny in it. I mean, they're all there. And uh, CJ's, CJ's part of the band at that point. And he tells this funny story of how he almost he almost got Julia Roberts to, I don't know, like go back <laughs> to his hotel room with him or something. She was there with Keither Sutherland. And Keither Sutherland got drunk. And she had to take Keither Sutherland home. But CJ was was macking on Julia Roberts and and Stern was like, you think you could have got her? He's like, yeah, I think I was gonna. (laughs) It's a great appearance. It's just them having a casual conversation. The best part of it is that this, the interview ends with Howard bringing out the Snapple and they all all do a live commercial (laughs) drinking Snapple. So this is Howard Stern and the Ramones drinking Snapple. And how is it? How is it? How is it, Johnny? It's pretty good. It's not bad. This barrier, you know. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable and so delightful. <sighs> That's my number four. But uh, I gotta do before I forget this. This I'll give an honorable mention. It's probably not on your list. It was. It was on the Howard Stern show, the radio show. Since we're since I missed the boat on anything they did, it was me and my girlfriend who I mentioned in the opening of the show. We're listening to to it, and the Ramones were on. And they're and he's Howard Stern's talking about he wants to do a telethon raising money for something. He's like, I'm gonna do it like Jerry's kids. I'm gonna come out there in a wheelchair. And Marky Marone's like, Oh no, I fell off the stage once. I was in a wheelchair for like a month. That's not a thing to joke about. And my girlfriend turns to me and goes, You're the drummer. How the fuck do you fall off a stage? <laughs> then he fall off a stage. Yeah. <laughs> That's a funny story. That was great. <laughs> A lot of their appearances on Stern are on YouTube because, like, yeah, I mean, you mentioned them, you know, like eventually retiring slash breaking up. And I don't know if these things were necessarily staged or not, but there was a lot of fighting, I guess, that went on, especially between Joey and Johnny. Yeah. And some of that stuff's on Stern, and he would get them on, and he would just, he would just twist it. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, I want to get this out in the open. I want you guys to talk. And you could tell they didn't want to talk to each other, but Stern just keeps nudging. Yeah. <laughs> and it never got too heated, but you can tell they, they, they weren't crazy about being around each other. Yeah, that's what I've always understood. <laughs> so 
Yeah, check out the Stern things. And uh, I guess if we get these things going on a Facebook page or on the Neo's as page, we can put that. That You got to see this George Bush thing. Yeah, I, I got that. I'll be watching that as soon as we're done. Okay. Yeah. That's my number four. All right, my number four. I've got songs all on my list. And so my number four. Now, this is this this is probably the only one on my list that just about everyone would know. Uh, it's it's I think the only one on my list that gets any airplay. It's from 1981's Pleasant Dreams, and I I know you're gonna know this, right? If you knew the last song, you'll know this right off the bat. She went away for the holidays. Now, I'm assuming you know it by this point already. It is my number three. Is it? Okay. All right. So that's yeah. It's a KKK took my took my baby away. Uh, there's a whole back and forth legend behind this song the the one that went for the longest time is that it was a song that joy wrote about when johnny had stole away his girlfriend linda and the kkk reference is an insult to johnny's uh staunch conservative republic views or and or depending on who tells the story him also making fun constantly making fun of joey being jewish that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad you're doing this though, because I, I mean, to me, I hear the song. It's a catchy song, yep. and I love their sense of humor. This, to me, is their sense of humor coming through. Right. You're now, gonna play this song for some uptight conservative. Oh God, right. Yeah. They're gonna be like, "What's this all about?" Yeah. <laughs> this, this, to me, is there is a is a northeast uh, attitude and sense of humor. This stuff you're saying is freaking perfect. Yep. And the uh, the second story. Now this is told by Joey's brother. His his stage name is Mickey Lee. I think his name is Michael Hyman. I think is his real name. But his his stage name is Mickey Lee. And his uh, defense of that not being true is that this song was written and recorded before the affair. He says his explanation was it's a song about a relationship Joey had with an African American woman whose parents completely disapproved of the relationship. And then after the two had stopped seeing each other, Mickey had asked Joey what happened to this woman, and his response was, the KKK took my baby away. I don't know if either story is true. Both are good stories to tell. I just know, like you said, it's a catchy tune. When I do hear it, I can't help but turn it up and sing along. It's just, it's a really good song. It's excellent. And that is a good, that is a good thing to bring up, too. The, you know, he's not a great singer. No. But the sing-along ability of these songs... It's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. Anybody's at least as good as him. <laughs> Maybe that's why I like it so much. It's like, hey, this is a one. It's a song I can actually perform. Those stories are awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I love those stories. Well, good. Well, that's my number three. Nice. So we're on to my number two then, and this is a uh, this is a pretty. Oh, should I do my number three then? We can uh, we can do two in a row. Okay. You. All right. My number two is uh, Judy is a Punk. Yep. Now, this is a classic, and I think I mainly like it because of, like Matt was saying, these things get used a lot in movies, and one of my favorite all-time movies is The Royal Tenenbaums. Okay. And the use of this song in The Royal Tenenbaums is what I always think of. This gets used a lot in commercials, and, and I don't necessarily like that so much, but when I think of this song, I think of Gene Hackman riding go-karts around with his grandchildren. And it makes me harken back to how much I like that movie. And this, to me, this to me is probably their best song, like technically written. Okay. Yeah. Like I think the the this is like their 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 crowning achievement as far as songwriting goes on. You know that sounds kind of funny because all of their songs end up 
sounding similar, except for maybe some of the things they did with, uh, uh, what's his face, the guy that shot somebody, Phil Spector. <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. So, And I know that real Ramones fans did not like the Phil Spector stuff. They thought that was like them betraying this sound. Eh, okay. I mean, I could see the argument, but I don't think that much about it. I like what I like, and no, oh, I say that with everything we do on other shows. That's no secret to anybody. Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't condemn them for trying to do something different. But as far as their songs go, this is probably technically, in my opinion, their best song. It's not my number one, right? Okay, this, this is their best song. Also featured very heavily in their their musical that I don't even think actually made it to off Broadway. I think it only went to Australia, if I remember correctly. I might have the country wrong, but I know it was in another country. Awesome. All right, so you got two in a row to do here. All right, okay, number three. This is the only one on my list that is not sung by Joey Ramone. Hmm. It is from 1984's Too Tough to Die, and it's actually sung by Dee Dee Ramone, and it is, if I want to get amped up to do something, it's on all, I'll tell you this, it's on every single playlist I have for running. I make sure it's in the early stages when I'm in a race, and it's Warthog, and I'll play it now, and if you know this song, I will be thoroughly impressed. Now, I'm curious to know if you recognize this at all. Never heard it. Okay. (laughs) It is. uh, Yeah, it's just it is. It's uh, one of two songs actually performed by Didi Ramone on this album. Endless Vacation being the other one. Um the only real interesting story behind this is that the lyrics were not printed on the initial release of the album because Sire Records considered the drug-inspired lyrics to be a little too explicit, but they're, they're not... If you listen to the words, which it's really hard to do on the D.D. Ramone one, you, you'd actually have to get, like, Loco Live and listen to CJ singing them. It's just about a guy that's kind of just fed up with the establishment is it for lack of a better word and him screaming about it there's nothing really shocking about it there's nothing really offensive about it but it's it's the fast pace it's dd ramon screaming that just amps me up on my runs in particular and always and then before i ran when the song came on my blood was pumping it always got me ready to go for whatever i was doing so that is my number three warthog that is obscure okay <laughs> you it, it sounds like you like DD a lot. There's a, um, I saw. A, I did until I became a rapper. <laughs> DD King. There's a. Uh, I saw another cool clip. It, it's it's another. It's cool because it's uncomfortable. It's from like the mid '80s of all of them. DD included on Regis and Kathy Lee. Oh God, I can't even imagine. It's so great, and he sits on the end and doesn't talk. The whole time, and then Regis, like, finally, I guess, feels bad for him. He's like, Didi, you're sitting down there not talking. <laughs> what do you have to say? You know, and he's like, uh, nothing. You know, <laughs> it's, it's just a, like, it's the worst interview ever. And it's funny to see Kathy Lee and Regis struggle with them. I can't, yeah. That's hey, on YouTube, too. I got to check that out. <laughs> I was, when the, when the Ramones got inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and oddly enough, Green Day had performed their songs. When Dee Dee Ramone had done the acceptance, part of the acceptance speech and pretty much thanked himself for everything, I just like, I had forgotten that it was like Dee Dee Ramone is, is the personality he is. And Christy had gotten me um, a, 
biography about him. I don't remember if it was autobiography. I don't think it was autobiography. I think it was a biography about him. And I got, I was, I was one point of many points in there. I'm talking about drug addiction. And one of the times he had kicked it, one of the many times he kicked it. And like, right, like right after I read how he kicked it is like the next day he died of a heroin overdose. And I'm like, I never finished the book because it's like, okay, I know how the story ultimately ends. I think it's just going to be a ping pong of drug yeah. abuse back and forth with rapping in between. Yeah. And you, and, and you know, the real ending. Of yeah, this. exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> They, it sounds like they all had their demons. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, yeah, well, the death of Joey Ramone was the. We we're actually sitting down. I remember this clear as day. We we're sitting down to watch a repeat of Jackass because they will play the original, then they'll play the weeks before, and we wanted to see the weeks before because there's something funny on it. So we're waiting, and in the middle of like right about when it's a, when it starts, here's the big old quaffed haired head of Kurt Lauder. Announcing that Joey Ramone had passed away, and I will never forget that moment. Hmm. It was a painful moment. Yeah, it was. Just, it was a surprise. It was. Oh. A, oh, of course, it was painful. It was painful when they all. Every one of them. I think the most surprising, most painful is when Johnny died because I didn't even know he was sick. Mm-hmm. And then Tommy dying just a few years ago was was kind of a surprise too. D was. I hate to say it's really one that was like, oh yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Eh, I saw that coming. <laughs> yeah, I read the book. Right. <laughs> But anyway, um, yeah, I really digress there. Let me get to number two. This is where I did a cover because for me, it's impossible to do a Ramones list without a cover in it because they've just done so many and they've done a lot of them really, really well. And this one, and I love covers. Anyone that listens to any early Neo Zaz shows, in fact, the theme song for Star Wars and Character, our biggest one, is a cover song. I love cover songs when they're done well, so I like a lot of what they do. With their cover songs. And this one is just fun. This song, doesn't matter what mood I'm in, I play it and I'm in a better mood. And I'll play it for you now. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure you, now that I got a basis of the Ramon songs you know, I'm pretty sure you know this one. I'm assuming you got to know this one. Yeah, I love that. I love I love that idea of them taking these classic rock and roll songs. That was written by um, Chuck Barris. Yeah. Of the Gong Show. Yep. Yeah. He wrote it in 1962. It was originally recorded by Freddie Cannon. And the story behind it, according to Chuck Barris, which you never know is true or not, but he wrote this song years before 62 about the... about having a date at an amusement park and he didn't have a specific name for it until he was looking at the uh, New Jersey Palisade Cliffs where Palisades Park was at the time and then he suddenly had his title and reworked the song to fit it in I don't know if that's true or not but that's the story I mean like I said with Chuck Barris you gotta take everything with a grain of salt yeah Um, a, a shit ton of people covered this song the first person that i found that recovered it after freddie uh cannon was shelly for what is her name Fabris from Fabre. coach Fabre from coach shelly Fabre. yeah she's like the first one i could find jan That's and up. dean did it uh gary lewis and the playboys the beach boys even did it hmm. and most interesting i thought with being on the show with you was that even though there's not a studio recording of it bruce springsteen did a version of it with the street band during his 1988 tunnel of love express tour i believe that bruce always does covers okay see him live in fact at this point during the shows people will hold up signs as requests oh really 
they'll just they'll just do whatever. Okay, like, I've, that's cool. I've seen him do like if he just feels like doing, you know, some some old blues or some old R and B song. They just they turn around and say, "Hey, let's do this," and they just jam. Yeah, I believe that absolutely. Cool, especially being a Jersey connection. Right, right. So, but for my, in my opinion, the best one. Even better than the original is the Ramones version. Like I said, it doesn't matter what's going on. I hear the song and I'm in a better mood. That's cool. All right. Then we're up to our number one. Yeah, there we go. This is going to be like, I think, opposite ends of the spectrum. Opposite ends of the spectrum. All right. We'll, see. well my number one, and, and it is my number. I said that, that, that Judy is a punk to me is the best, best song that they've technically recorded. But it's not my favorite, and, and, and in my opinion, the best thing they've ever done because of what this song means to me. And it has actually something to do with my son. Oh, okay. Uh, when my son was little, I took him to preschool every day, <laughs> and we would listen to everything. And I wanted my son to be exposed to rock and roll radio. all Come kinds on, of music. Rock and roll with the oldies classic rock i mean like whatever rap you know he listens to all kinds of different music and he used to listen to this song a lot the song is do you remember rock and roll radio yep. and i hear this song and i picture my two and three-year-old son in the back seat going rock and, rock and roll radio. let's go you know like and and every time i hear the song i i can picture myself looking over my right shoulder at my son in his car seat dancing to this song nice and and shouting along with them as they sing and this also plays into the the running theme that i love about these songs the the, the old-fashioned rock and roll but done with their panache. Right. Yep. And it, 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 to me, maybe it's not the best thing they've ever done, but because of my son's involvement in it, it will always hold a dear place in my heart. And it is my favorite remote song. And this gets on a lot of mixes that I make. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good song. And there's like, there's like five different versions of this song. Yeah. There's the movie version. There's the, oh, what is the album? Ramones. That's not Leave Home. I can't, I, I can picture the album. It's, it's a red cover. That's a completely different version than either of those that when I first heard it, it was like, what the hell is this? It's, um, even I have like a live version from like It's Alive. Or oh, something. yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, there's, a, that's, that's my, that's my go to song. Nice. So that's my number one. All right. All right. Mine couldn't be any different than your story. And it's not my personal story. It's the story of the song. In fact, I had done my list and I was listening to a lot of Ramon songs. And when I was done, I was humming this song, having not listened to it and went, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot this. This can't not be number one. This one for anyone listening and for you as well might seem like a really odd choice when I'm done the story. It's not the usual fast, almost upbeat song that's pretty much synonymous with the Ramones. It's actually if you sat and listened to it and listened to it after you hear the story behind it, it's actually pretty depressing. Mm. Uh, there's a few words I'd use to describe it that you'd almost never use with a Ramon song. And that is moving and emotional. And it's, it's never been on an album. And I'm not entirely sure it's ever had a proper U S release. Cause it was originally a UK B signal. And it's been on a couple of best of and anthologies since then, but in back when it was recorded, I'm not entirely sure it ever had a U S release. 
And the title of it, and I just closed my dang music player. Hold on. The title of it is I Don't Want to Live This Life. And I'll play a little bit of it for you and see. Do you know the title at all? I know the song I I Want to Live from Halfway no, to no, Sanity. No, it's not that. Okay, so I'll play it and see if you recognize this song at all. Ringing any bells? Never heard of it. Okay, now it's it's the it's when you hear the lyrics, it sounds like a kind of a heartbreak girl left song, but it's it's actually a lot darker than that. It is the song is an artistic interpretation, um, kind of best way to describe it is from Sid Vicious' uh, point of view of Nancy Spungen's dying moments at the night of her murder. Oh my god! Yeah, it's pretty brutal. It's when you when you know the story behind it. It's it's the the line the the song I don't the lot or the title I don't want to live live this life anymore is from directly pulled from a poem that Sid Vicious wrote to Nancy's mother after his confession. It, the line in the poem was, "And I don't want to live this life anymore." And it is what I just told you. It's 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 kind of a like an interpretation of what may have been going through Sid Vicious's Sid Vicious mind in the, her dying moments after his alleged. I think, uh, fortunately, I guess the trial never happened because he died of an overdose for the trial. But his supposed murder of Nancy. And it's really brutal when you think of it that way. It's really depressing, but it's just really a level of the Ramones that a lot of people don't know they've done. Wow, I'm sitting here with chills. Really? Oh, geez. This is this is this is I, I this is this is amazing. Yep. It's it's heart wrenching. When once you know the story and you listen to the, listen to the lyrics, it's it's absolutely heart wrenching. And and there's a lot of emotion in Joey's voice that you don't normally get from him when he sings. Um, the the last uh, refrain is she smiled at me as I held her carefully. Her last words were I love you. Thought it set me free, and I can't forget that look on her face. You look like an angel as she died in my embrace, and it's like, oh, when you know what he's singing about, it just you can't help but be somehow affected by this song. The hairs on my arms are standing on end. <laughs> wow, that is that is powerful. Yeah, yep. Uh, I don't think I mentioned that it was written by Didi Ramone. I think that's important because the lyrics are as important as how Joey sings them. It's just it is their best song. It it, it it's it's. It's powerful. It's emotional. It sounds good. Joey does a phenomenal job. Dee Dee does, has some haunting lyrics. It is their absolute best song that they have done, as far as I'm concerned. I'll buy it as soon as we're done. <laughs> yeah. That's something else. We get. I hope Tim from Star Wars: A Character listens to this because Tim is very interested in that story so much so that he goes to her. Tim likes to do grave rubbings. Oh, right, yeah. Yep. He's been to her grave several times and done grave rubbings of Nancy Spungen's tomb, like her tombstone. Oh, wow. Okay, so he, yeah. He's yeah, got I hope he does hear that story. He probably uh, does know it. Yep. He, he Tim, knows, Tim knows his music, so <clears throat> he may know this story already, but if he doesn't, he's he's going to so be into this. I mean, well, that that's an amazing pick. Yeah. Well, thank you. Wow. All right, well, let's go down the list. Since since these did have a common one, I'll go down mine five. Okay. 
one just so people can, uh, you know, because I know people are writing this down. <laughs> That's right. Know, in, in the books of the annals of history, right? Of course they are. They're they're noting this so that when we say something is our favorite on another show, they can call us out and remind us that it was not on this list. That's true. That's true. I almost picked the uh, induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, not because of the Romans, but because Eddie Vedder did it. Oh, right. That's true. I forgot about that. Yep. That's, a, that's like, nah, I can't do that. That's when anyone that, that never believed that Johnny Ramone was the Republican people said they were, were corrected when he said, God bless America and God bless George Bush or President <laughs> Bush. That's great. And he golfed with them. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, my number five was uh, Beat on the Brat. My number four was the 1990 appearance on the Channel 9 Howard Stern show. My number three was the KKK took my baby away. My number two was Judy is a punk. And number one was Do You Remember Rock and Roll Radio? Nice. Very good. My number five was Bonzo Goes to Bitburg. Number four, which was Dave's number three, the KKK took my baby away. Number three was Warthog. Number two, Palisades Park. And my number one is I Don't Want to Live This Life Anymore. Wow. You're, you're number one. Awesome. <laughs> were there any that were like 5.5 that you want to mention? Yeah. Um, actually, I bumped this one. This was number five. And... Um, or I guess it was number. Five. I rearranged this stuff. We'll say this was number five until I remembered about. Um, uh, I don't want to live this life anymore. It was somebody put something in my drink because <laughs> that's for for uh, well several reasons. One, it's a good song. Two, it's something that I'll tend to say while drinking, and that's my excuse for being too drunk. And three, it's also got a kind of a good not. A, as deep a story as the other ones, but it was written by Richie Ramone, who is like the second shortest Ramone tenure of the Ramones ever. He was a drummer between Marky's first appearance and Marky's departure. I guess maybe Tommy was actually technically shorter, but he was producer after that. But um, the short, even shorter than Richie as a drummer was Elvis Ramone, which was the drummer from Blondie. He was so did not mesh with the band that he lasted two live shows and was booted and they brought Marky back. I love his stuff. But that was my 5.5. My other honorable mentions, uh, one song I really, really enjoy. Um, it's one. Of, it's kind of a pick-me-up, not as much as Palisades Park, but I Believe in Miracles. I like that song. Sheena is a punk rocker is my, that's my, if my one, if I could only hear airplay or get have anyone share a song with, it would be Sheena is a punk rocker. That's, that's like my, my main, what would you say, uh, mainstream Ramon song right there. Right. Uh, my cover songs, I got another list of Gonorrhea Measured cover songs, The Shape of Things That Come, which uh, CJ had sang on Acid Eaters. That was an entire album of covers. That was 60s and 70s covers. Yeah, that was where uh, they did Substitute, I think. Yep. But, oh, yep. But- and, and they did, uh, was it uh, Somebody to Love with Tracy Lords, I think, of all people. <laughs> Tracy Lords. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to grow up. The Tom much better than the Tom Waits version. I was on their very last studio album, and Needles and Pins is a is like a only good. It's not even their love song, so I don't know if I want to say it's their love song, but it's a cover of a love song written by Sonny Bono of all people. But I really enjoy that song. That always made it on a mixtape of girls I was trying to woo. I don't know if it ever worked. Did you woo? I tried. I don't think it ever worked. It, well, it worked with one, obviously, <laughs> and then. Well, then I 
yeah, was a dick. But that's another story. Top five worst breakups. I know my number one. Um, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Tease this story. Yeah, they did good covers. I mean, any of that's like anybody that sings Street Fighting Man or. I like a little bit, little bit of soul because I was that was like the first song I learned how to play on the guitar. Oh, really? That's cool. So I was like that kind of stuff too. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm impressed with your list. I really oh, thank am. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for joining me, Matt. Oh, it was my pleasure. And, and you are certainly you have proved your worth as the uh, <laughs> as the Ramones. Uh, maniac or whatever you want to call it so uh, if you disagree and have any that you'd like to add please you know, let us know on Facebook uh, I'm sure there are other ones out there that you're probably sitting there going how can they not yep. mention this I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure this will be one of those lists where time goes on and I will have thought of two or three things in like the next month that I can't believe I forgot on this list I know that's going to happen well maybe Matt will put some more on, on Facebook then <laughs> So please do that if you are so inclined, and thank you for listening to The Best of Fives. Boom. (laughs) That's the way you do it.